This is Melissa Lau, Associate Pastor of Congregational Care and Missions at Wesley Memorial United Methodist Church. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Throughout January, we will be exploring a biblical approach to the usage of the Enneagram for our spiritual formation. Please jump in and learn along with us as we go on this transformative journey. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Testament lesson for this day is found in the book of Romans, chapter 6, the first four verses. The Apostle Paul is writing and he says this. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we love your church, your people that you have formed through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We pray, oh God, that our love for your church will will match your love for your people. But God, we pray especially today for those people in our world, in our lives, who perhaps have a relationship with your church, but they have failed to create or nurture a relationship with you. May this be that day when through the power of your Holy Spirit that the living Jesus will become even more real in all of our lives. May we receive Christ. May we enthrone Christ as the Lord of every area of our lives. Now, O God, we pray that you'll give each one of us ears to hear what you're saying to us today. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. John Wesley is a really big deal here for us at Wesley Memorial Church. We have named our congregation after this great preacher of the 18th century, this great preacher that was God's primary instrument for bringing about the evangelical revival of the 18th century, a revival that has spread now around the world. There are over 75 million Christians who trace their spiritual heritage back to John Wesley. So John Wesley is a big deal for us here in this congregation. I believe that we're one of the few congregations uh, in the New World, in the United States, that actually possesses a letter from John Wesley. The letter that we possess and that resides in our historical room is dated February the 17th, 
1776. So obviously John Wesley is a really big deal to us here at Wesley Memorial Church and the revival that came to our world through Mr. Wesley. The book of Romans, from which I read a few moments ago, was a really big deal to John Wesley as the book of Romans was to all the reformers of the 16th, 17th, 18th centuries. It was on May the 24th, 1738, when Mr. Wesley was at a prayer meeting among Moravians on Aldersgate Street in London, England, when about a quarter before 9 p.m., as someone was reading the preface of Martin Luther's to Martin Luther's commentary on the book of Romans, that John Wesley felt his heart strangely warmed. It was there in those moments as he was listening to a reading from Martin Luther's commentary on Romans that Mr. Wesley experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He experienced in those moments the assurance that Jesus Christ not only had died for the sins of the world, but that John Wesley had died for his sins. And Mr. Wesley at that moment found a new life birthed within him that became the spark to that great revival of the 18th century, a great revival that is stretching around the world still to this day, that great revival that even on this day is taking new form and continuing to spread across the globe. So John Wesley's a big deal to us here at Wesley Memorial Church, and the book of Romans was a big deal to Mr. Wesley, and it is to us. The book of Romans in the New Testament is, is Paul's premier systematic exposition of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. Here in chapter 6, in just four verses, we are presented with the gift of Jesus Christ in a tremendous way. In the Christian fellowship, we talk about how in Christ we are saved and how in Christ we find fullness of life. And we actually have some theological words that talk about that gift that's given to us in Jesus Christ. So if you will just bear with me for a moment, let me share a couple of these significant theological words with you. And I suspect if you've been in the Christian faith for any period of time, these words will sound familiar to you. And they come from the New Testament they come from places such as this in Romans chapter 6. We talk about the gift of justification that is ours in Jesus Christ. That is that moment in our lives when we open our lives up to the work of Christ, the work of Christ that forgives us, that work of Christ that pardons us, that work of Christ that sets us right before God, that work of Christ that reconciles us in God, that moment when the work of Christ cleanses us from our sin in such a way it is just as if we have never sinned. That is what we call justification in the Christian community. Here in 
Romans 6, you see references to justification. This event, this hours now in Jesus Christ, if we will embrace the work of Christ and allow the work of Christ to embrace us, in verse 2, Paul says, we who have died to sin, that's justification. He talks about us in verse 3, who have been baptized into Christ Jesus as being baptized into the death of Christ Jesus. That's justification. In verse 4, he talks about those of us who have been buried with Christ by being baptized into his death. Again, that's a reference to the great gift of justification. We call it justification. We call it that act of of being saved through the work of Jesus Christ. The word saved is a good biblical word. Don't be afraid of that word. Those of us who have embraced the work of Christ and have allowed ourselves to be embraced by the work of Christ, we are saved. We're justified. And this same text, in just a matter of a verse, begins to talk about that second great work of grace in our life, that which follows justification, that work of sanctification. Paul here says in verse 4 that after we have died to sin, been baptized into Christ, been buried with Christ, then we too might walk in newness of life. This walking in newness of life is what we call sanctification. This walking in newness of life is our life where we're growing in grace, where we're changing. We're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ each day because of the work of Jesus Christ in our life. In the act of justification or in the act of being saved, that is God in Christ doing the work to get us out of hell. In Christ's work of sanctification, that is the work of the Holy Spirit to get the hell out of us so that we can grow up in grace, so that we can become more and more Christ-like with each passing day. So here in these four short verses, we see the fullness of the gift that is made available to us in Jesus Christ. Deliverance, forgiveness, pardon, cleansing, ongoing cleansing as we receive the gift of newness of life. I love that phrase, newness of life. That is Paul's way of describing the normal Christian life. That is Paul's way of describing what it means to to live the life of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the common inheritance of Christians in Christ. We are given this newness of life, and every day we appropriate more and more this newness of life. The newness of life of which Paul speaks is that heavenly life that heavenly life that we will enter into one day in its fullness, but even now, in the here and now, we are receiving more and more of this heavenly life, this eternal life into our lives today. Luke Timothy Johnson was a great, is a great New Testament scholar that used to be affiliated with Candler School of Theology in Emory down in Atlanta. And Luke Timothy Johnson, when he, when he teaches and talks about the book 
of Acts and that early Christian community, he said it was almost as if a force field surrounded those earliest Christians because of the power of the Holy Spirit in their life, because of the newness of life they were experiencing. And the early Christian church grew because of people seeing that newness of life in those Christ followers. You see, living the Christian life is far more than just refraining from bad behavior. It's engaging in a wonderful new level of living in these days. You know, it's rather sad to me that some Christians seem to get just enough of Jesus in their life to become opinionated, to become even contentious. But they don't seem to get enough Jesus in their life to be able to walk in newness of life. This is the gift that's given to us in Jesus Christ. And as the people of Jesus in the world, the church of Jesus Christ in the world, we are those people now, by the very nature of our presence in the world, we are helping to spread God's refreshing, renewing presence. We are a source of God's work in the world. That's what it means to be the church, the body of Christ, the physical presence of Jesus in the world today. That's what it means to be animated by the spirit of the living Christ as the living Christ continues the ministry of Christ in this world. We are the healing, refreshing presence of Jesus Christ in the world today. The Jewish community calls it tekum olam in the Hebrew. It means the healing of this world. And because of what we do, but really more importantly, because of who we are, just because of our very being in Christ, we are the refreshing, healing presence of Jesus Christ in the world as we receive Christ and walk in newness of life. I hope, friends, that you can feel his life pulsating through you right now. I hope that you can feel the affection of the Father and the life of Jesus living in you. Friends, I hope that each one of us understands that God wants more for us. God has more for us. So I hope that you want the more that God has for you. Don't be afraid to embrace more of Jesus Christ and to allow more of your life to be embraced by Jesus Christ. Throughout the month of January here at Wesley Memorial Church, we have been talking about what it would take for each one of us to become the better version of ourselves, the best version of ourselves for the sake of those around us, for the sake of the world, for the sake of God's work in the world. 
So I guess you could say we've been talking about sanctification during the month of January. We've been talking about walking in that newness of life that's offered to us through the power of the Spirit residing in us. We have been looking at tools to help us understand ourselves better so that we can make a more complete offering of ourselves to God. We've been talking about different tools. One of the tools we've been talking specifically about during the month of January is the Enneagram. That's just one of many tools out there to help us learn our nature better. The Enneagram is, is a personality test. It is a personality test that has its roots in Christian tradition. Some of us believe the Enneagram and the power behind the Enneagram goes all the way back to the 4th century father Evagrius, that early church father from which we get what eventually becomes term the seven deadly sins. That's the same church father that did some of the work and produced some of the writings. I believe birth, what eventually becomes to be called the Enneagram, and this Enneagram that presents nine different personality profiles helps us as we discern perhaps which of those personality profiles is closest to our nature, how we are and who we are. So the Enneagram has been very helpful, I think, for many of us during the month of January. It has helped us take an honest look at who we are, particularly who we are in relationship to God, who we are in relationship to the people that God has placed in our lives for us to love. I, I hope, I think, the Enneagram and, and our work during the month of January has truly helped us become a better version the best version of ourselves that we can become right now in these moments given the limitations of this life. I know that for me personally, this month has helped me look at myself, my nature, see who I am by nature, and then see who I can become supernaturally. See who I can become by virtue of the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ in my life. What it takes for Jesus to to take my unique nature, to take your unique nature and allow it to be used for God's purposes in this world. After we're saved by the work of Jesus Christ in our lives, then we're left in this world so that we can continue the ministry of Jesus Christ in our lives. And that comes as we grow in newness of life, as we walk in newness of life. So I hope this is just the beginning of this journey for each one of us. Uh, we can make available to you a bibliography of, of, uh, of some more books that will help you perhaps study who you are by studying and using the Enneagram. Uh, we, can, we can make available to you a list of books, particularly from a Christian perspective, about how you can use the Enneagram to to allow God to sanctify who you are. One of the books I found very helpful during the last month is a book by Kim Eddy. That book is entitled The Enneagram for Beginners, A Christian Guide to Understanding Your Type for a God-Centered Life. So I want to use, 
I want to use Kim Eddy's words to finish up our sermon series on looking at ourselves through the Enneagram. This is what she wrote at the end of her book. By now, you know more about the motivations behind your actions. You've learned the struggles and desires that have shaped how you show up each day. You have a deeper understanding of the ways you've tried to cope in this world and make it on your own. You, you know where you tend to struggle the most and the unique gifts you bring to the world. My prayer for you is that you'll trust in the finished work of Jesus and that your belief will impact the world in real tangible ways. You were made on purpose for a purpose. Your personality is a large part of how you were made, but it does not stop there. Seek God's face, trust his plan, and live a life that loves God and loves people. Here at Wesley Memorial Church, we want to be available for each other. Here at Wesley Memorial Church in this Christian congregation of which you are a part, we want to encourage each other, edify each other, build each other up so that we can become the very best version of ourselves as God continues to do the work of Jesus Christ through us. We want to allow the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to so work in our lives that we, that we never allow our stuff, our baggage, our hang-ups, our issues to become a barrier for other people to experience the love of Christ through us. We thank you that you are part of our fellowship and we are so grateful for the many ways that we can connect and we can share the journey one with another in the spirit of encouragement. Each one of us are unique gifts of God to this world and the spirit of God wants to perfect God's work in us so that we can be those people, the people of Jesus, that are transforming our families, transforming our friends, and transforming the whole world around us. So we pray for you, we hope that you pray for us, that on this journey, together we can be the people that Jesus Christ is calling us to be. Amen.